Still? Here we go. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 29 of Death Readers. We are in the middle of reading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. In this episode, we will be reading and reviewing chapters 27 and 28. I hope you've already been reading through this book with us, because if you haven't, you're behind about four books. So, did we have housekeeping? Because we didn't address what, what we had. You said yes, but then we didn't discuss it before. I sent you something that said, remind me next week... I need to keeps fix this. Yeah. I thought you were going to write notes. You just got a write, note app on your phone. notes. Or you, there's actual notepads in our hand. You could have written that down. I, I put it on you. I give you one job. Remind me of the thing I had forgotten. Because clearly it's not going to stick around my head. Do I need to look? No, I found something. It just says I can't go further back. What? It, yeah, the way that my mess the searching messenger works, right, you can't where, go. Where? What? What? What's the date? Uh, October twenty sixth. Great. Now we've dated the podcast. It's something about go listen to four minutes, and you said, "Oh yeah, that was on purpose because it was in the past." Oh right, my uh, my special effects from last time. Oh yeah, and then you did not pull them out. Like they couldn't. Right. So you should explain that. I was being super artistic and. And classy, and everyone was, I'm sure, going to be wowed, but you were thrown, but we should probably say what it was, huh? Yes, you should address what it was. Well, let me <laughs> read it. Okay. And then I can add it to that. Oh, God. <laughs> It'll sound like this, 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 this. Was there nothing else? I thought there was just something else, though. God, I'm obnoxious to text with. I turned to the fourth wall. <laughs> oh, all right. Um... But basically, we read a selection of our texts in last yeah, episode. Yeah, that's right. Or that's I right. read. We both we did it. We did Death Reader. There was something I did, but where I was, I was reading something yeah. solely, and I added a really cool echo to it, as if to say, "Hey, this is a meta voice from the past recording kind of thing." And you didn't care for that. No, I didn't. I thought it was distracting and confusing. So I think our listeners are smart enough to understand. Hey. A little creative there. Yeah, I don't think it was in any way clear enough. <laughs> we were having a conversation. I've been very clear about this. <laughs> it's going on the T-shirt, and then we're having a conversation. Then suddenly there's this effect. So if you heard it and were confused about it, that's what it was. I'm glad we addressed it. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a listener and I heard it, I'd go, "What the fuck was that? Man, their quality's really gone down. Look at listen to that weird sound effect." And then. Wouldn't have made the connection. But to all you loyal listeners, do we call them listeners or readers? Because, like, what are, you know? They need to decide. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, well, if you've been listening and you heard that. But if you're if you're Team Rob, you know how good that was. I feel like calling it a team is generous. It's <laughs> <That's> really mean. <laughs> wow. Maybe charitable is the right word. Not so much generous. All right. Well. Anyway. Uh, so that said, that was our housekeeping. <laughs> I I don't think we have anything else uh, to talk about beforehand, so we should just get into it. I think so. All right. Here we go. Um, this is starting with uh, again. If we, if I think I mentioned earlier, but just to clarify, this is a two chapter episode, chapter twenty seven and twenty eight. So we'll start with chapter twenty seven. Padfoot returns. That's right. My first page note is on five twelve. 510. Please lead the way. Here at Death Readers, we'd like to go the extra mile for you and dig deep into the words that we don't know. All right. Style. What? Style. Do you know what style is? What a style is? Like a, like like an affectation? Like No, like is I'll meet you at the style. Oh, um S T I L E. Yeah. Um is that like a uh like a barn? No. What is it? It's like a little set of steps. Oh, okay. Coming out of a, like a livestock fence so humans can get over, but animals can't. Interesting. They're really weird, too. If you look at them, there's kind of like protrusions. You just kind of climb up over the fence, climb back down. That's it. Okay. Yeah. And now you know. The more you... Mm, now you know, knowing's half the battle. I just invented that. That was G.I. Joe. Did you forget that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you forget that that was G.I. Joe? <laughs> Hasbro. We're going to get sued by My Little Pony. Time machine. I don't know. All right. So. Well, so, yeah. Style. Style. Yeah. So you're next. Oh, I am. Okay. <laughs> 512. Oh, uh, yeah. 
I remember. And I knew. <laughs> it was 512, I think. This is a very combative episode. It is. I think you feel like it is because you're losing. <laughs> if I'm losing, that implies we're fighting. I mean, if that's what you want to imply. It takes two to fight, Doug. Not with you. <laughs> God damn it, that's what I was I was setting that up. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> it took my burn away from me. You're like Neosporin. Uh or aloe. That's better. I'm just gonna read this. Okay. So concerning the uh Rita Skeeter concerning the Rita Skeeter letter, hmm. if we ignore all the stuff about Hermione that is slanderous and awful. The letter? Yeah, the, the article she writes. Okay, okay, the article. She There's this part in there that I feel like most people would have overlooked and just read past. Sure. But considering she's a unabashed, flagrant liar, she's a yellow journalist, she's a muckraker, she's, she's the worst. She refers to Victor Crumb as the hero of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, that doesn't make any sense. His team lost. But he ended the game. And that is where I join her side and agree that he is the hero. Because he put a stop to a Quidditch match. Yeah. I, that, uh, I don't think that everything she says is 100% inaccurate. She has to be able to... No, no, no. I'm saying I hate Quidditch so much oh, that Jesus I agree. Any time a player ends the game, they're the hero of the game. <laughs> so in this sense, Victor Crumb, absolutely the hero of the World Cup, despite being also the loser. Oh. Gotta let it go, man. <laughs> she brought it up. I mean, I've just <laughs> just occurred to me because I was like, I had that whole thought process of wait, hero of the game. That means usually that belongs to the people who won. He totally lost. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it works. Works out. Checks out. Uh, five sixteen. Five thirteen. Okay. So, so is is Scarlet Woman more appropriate than promiscuous? I don't understand what you mean. It, it's a, I don't it's, either. It's, it's an appropriate. Uh, uh, I don't know what it means. Burn. What does insult. it mean? Oh, it's a it painted lady, Scarlet Woman. They're wearing rouge. It's, it's an old old term for prostitute. Oh, okay. So yeah, it, yeah. we were talking about a prostitute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, because back then only the only you you know so, ladies pinch whores use rouge. Ouch. The classic I think, Simpsons I, line. I, when I think of classic Simpsons lines, I think of. Now hold still, Marge. Bang. Oh, Homer, you have it set on whore with the makeup gun. Where he shoots Marge. He invents the makeup gun. He shoots her with it, and she just looks like a crazy no. clown. You don't know the makeup gun? The makeup gun. Classic. The makeup gun? The makeup gun. Classic Simpsons. No, I don't know <laughs> the makeup gun. Wow. You should look in. You should watch The Simpsons every once in a while. I mean, as soon as it's on Disney+, Plus, I will. I got I got something to send you about Disney Plus. What? Um, nothing. I'll show you. No, later. you can't do that. It's a video. I can't let you watch a twenty-minute video. Like anyway. Is it bad? Yeah. Why? Um, you'll see. Give me the gist. No. Give me the gist. The gist is it's bad about Disney Plus. Well, what's bad about it? You'll, you'll see. I don't want to see. I paid for three years of it. Too bad. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. It's not so bad that the the service is bad. It's like you know, the people who watch it are gonna be bad. Oh. It's critical of the of the of the consumer. Oh. Oh yeah. No, I don't care about that. Sure, but you should watch it. Okay. Um, so it, keeping that in mind about the uh, Scarlet Woman being a thing that's essentially like a old lady term for prostitute. Right. Is it odd then that in the same page, that when Ron suggests that Hermione might be a Scarlet Woman. Or, or, or referred to as. Or referred to as. Sure. That... Later, J.K. refers to Hermione as turning a shade of scarlet. I don't blush. feel like they're connected. You think they are? It's on the same page. It's in the, roughly. It's in the same like story. It's it's in the same scene. Mm-hmm. It's in the same moments. Mm-hmm. It just seems odd to me that like so she I, should have turned vermilion. Oh, isn't that green? No, that's Viridian. Viridian, my bad. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. No. I. I maybe or just like say that she blushed. Like, you've talked before about how she uses a little too much descriptive language in her writing. She speaks very descriptively. Right. And, or at least she writes very descriptively. Um, what? Descriptively. Yeah, because it's the L-Y? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, See? I can make the clevers, too. <laughs> um, but she refers to her as Scarlet twice mm. in span, the span of two pages. And not just as the Scarlet Woman, but, like, in her blush. So you're saying 
that Hermione's going to join the Avengers. No, I'm saying that... As a Scarlet Witch. No. Because she's a witch. Because that's already a character. And she's... Well, maybe this is her secret origin. She's no, gonna that's go Wanda with Victor, Maximoff. not Hermione to Granger. Russia. What? Why would you go to Russia? He's from so Bulgaria. She, yeah, but they're gonna go to Russia. Why would they go to Russia? Because he's sick of um. Being What's a, Russia got to do with it? He's sick of being a Durmstrang. He wants to go deeper behind the. What's Russia got to do with Iron anyways? Curtain? He wants to go away. From, shut up. What's Russia got to do with it? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Because Wanda Maximoff's from Romania. Is she? Yeah. Well, that's not Russian. They're, I know. That's why I was wondering why you were talking about I Russia. I thought they were Russian. No. They're not Russian? No. But but Vision made her paprikash. Shrug. With a fucking pinch of paprika. That bugged me. That. I mean, I think they fucking... might be more supposed to be, like in the films they might be. I'm like... saying paprikash is a dish famous for having heaping tablespoons of paprika. And he's like, and a pinch of paprika. Bullshit. I fucking said bullshit in the theater. I was fucking right. There's a baking with Babish on it. He's like, I don't know what Vision's talking about. Fucking pinch of pepper. And I'm like, yeah! These are the things Rob holds on to. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a tasty dish. It's quite spicy. Uh, doesn't have no pinch of paprika. You're right, Rob. They are from Romania. That's like saying, I'm going to have <laughs> mac and cheese with a pinch of cheddar. A pinch of hot dog. Hmm? What? Like... Macaroni and cheese with cut up hot dogs in it. That's the motion you make for chopping something. Dogs. Okay. Uh, you don't have to have hot dogs in macaroni and cheese. You need macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you win this round. Anyway, yeah, they're uh, they're Roma, as they say. Well, that just no, no, that's not Romanian. Where is it then? It's not. Where, that, that's where is a, it then? That's no, I'm saying it's not. Then where is it? It's not. What do you mean? Roma is a term for gypsies who are famously itinerant. They don't have an it place. But they have a much closer region than Africa, Rob. So where in the world do the Roma people come from? It's there. It's it's a it's a designation applied to people who move around. They're not from anywhere. They're from nowhere. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, I think I just won. I don't think you did. I did. Because... I did. Okay, so take a step Romani back from thinking and the you Roma won are different and than understand Romanians. that you definitely didn't, only in the sense of the characters I'm referencing come mm. from that same sort of fictitious area of... No, there's really a place called Romania. Do you know where Mount Wundegor is? Mount Wundegor? Yeah. No. Because it's not a fucking real place. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's where Wanda and Pietro Maximoff grew up. Okay. Was on, on top of Mount Wondegor. Covered with, a, with cheese. With a, Put a, pinch of uh, cheese. a midwife that was a bovine midwife that helped raise them when their father abandoned them and their mother died. Okay. Interesting. And they then were raised by Roma people. Okay. In this area that looks you know, architecturally very much like the... Transylvanias, Transylvanias, oh, Romanias. Okay. Transylvania so, means a land beyond a great vast forest. Did you know that? Sure. So, but that sort of like Eastern, Southern European, like those areas sure. is the, all of what the architecture looks like from their, sure. their places. So I apologize and it will acknowledge being incorrect for saying Romanian, but there isn't really a real place to describe them. Sure. And that... If you look at like you know the 30s uh, Universal films, mm -hmm. monster films, mm -hmm. that that one spot in the Universal lot that is all, the, all of the villages, sure, it's all that kind of design. Okay, so I'll acknowledge that was incorrect, but this is where I was trying to come from. That sounds great. Good. It's all you had to say. I, I said it all. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's I, what I, I apologize. It's all you had to say. No, 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 no. That wasn't the most important part. <laughs> that was literally <laughs> the only thing I heard. <laughs> That, I believe. Uh, and I only take solace in knowing that you have to listen to this again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hermione's a Scarlet Witch. No. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Anyway, it just makes me wonder if literarily she's trying to imply something else about Hermione's character by in the same pages where she references her potentially being a Scarlet Woman as describing her complexion as being Scarlet. 
And that would be that she is in fact uh, I don't loose know, with certain lusty morals, or okay. like uh, maybe not. You know, I don't know. I don't know what I don't understand Scarlet Woman. I don't know what if it has some sort of more like seedy implication or if it just means a woman who's in control of her own sexuality like i like those I've, kind of old terms don't make sense to me well i mean it, it, it's going to depend on your who's saying it you know and, and have their context i think ron's saying it well ron's like, saying his mom would call ladies like that which means she it feels to me she's applying it to the kind of women who were murdered in whitechapel who was murdered in whitechapel prostitutes by oh, jack the ripper sad. oh yes yes of course yeah <clears throat> um or dancehall girls in you know old west saloons. That that kind of image is what comes to mind when I think Scarlet Woman. Mm. But I think I'm actually being a little too narrow minded there because I think it also encompasses that Hester Prynne Scarlet Letter mm. kind of Scarlet Woman. So I don't know. Well, on a sort of tangent there, that does also bring into question: Do uh, witches and wizards read muggle literature I would think they're completely like, we've talked about this a lot but they're completely almost entirely alien to technology or like the way muggles exist and that's why everyone's so amazed by weird shit mm-hmm. but like if they were going to imply that it would, it would they would mean that they had to have a, to- a cultural touchstone in, in that understanding what that story was I would feel well I'm sure that there were I mean, did Hawthorne come up with the Scarlet Letter concept, or was that actually something that was done? Because I'm sure they know about witch burnings. That was a muggle event. But directly affecting witches. The Scarlet Letter doesn't directly affect witches. That's true. That's true. Though it could have been in some of the charges, like we put the Scarlet Letter on the lady. That didn't seem to take, so we burned her. Right. I don't know. I mean, I I, I kind of feel from what I've been reading that outside of a couple outliers like Dumbledore and weird people, they're not. They're going to be like, that's something the muggles wrote. I I feel like this uh, question of mine is actually, it gives much more credit to JK than she deserves in this instance, in that it would imply that she would be deliberately doing that. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't line up with any other part of Hermione's character. So I think it was just lazy, you know. Not coming up with a synonym. Yeah. Lazy yeah, or, perspicacity. Yes. Or, or just not being able to be il, uh, illustrative enough in your descriptions mm-hmm. to move away from the word you already just used. Right. And that... And get shrugged. It stuck I mean, out like a thumb. It stuck out a lot. And it, it, mostly... I mean, it stuck out the first time to me. And then when she used it again in like a couple paragraphs later, I was like, this is... This is weird. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think... I, never would, made the I don't. I don't think she'd be trying to confirm some sort of like rumors, if even if if you will, about right. Hermione, because or or try to pass some sort of judgment in that. But that's clearly what Ron's talking about: is that this culture would pass judgment on that. So it's just very confusing. It's a very confusing chunk of these this chapter mm-hmm. for me because it just seems like. It's one of those opportunities in literature where you should be doing that kind of thing if that's what your intention was, but this it doesn't line up with any of her other stuff. So I just it caught my attention quite a bit. Um, I'm on I'm done with that one, so I'm on five sixteen. Okay, so my what is yours? Mine's about uh, Snape being right about Harry. Uh, mine's roughly about that too. Okay. Mine is uh, I, I it, but it's not about specifically about Snape. It's about the um, crafting of this scene, which I have always enjoyed. Well, then I'm gonna run through mine first. Okay. Then my, mine's just that I, I understand that Snape is supposed to be the bad guy here, being mm-hmm. really mean to Harry and the you know, like, being over his shoulder and like whispering and just being really creepy and, and rude. But everything he says about Harry is correct, <laughs> except the part about Harry being uh, his accusations. But his descriptions are, mm-hmm. are are totally right. He's he is a nasty little boy who thinks he's above the rules. <laughs> Like that is a hundred percent what three and a half books have taught me <laughs> about this kid, right? Or excuse me, the rules are beneath him. Not that he's above them, but the, the rules are beneath him. It sucks that like she writes that, which is entirely accurate, in a way where the audience is supposed to think he's wrong. But if they're paying attention, he's right. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. He's not wrong. Yeah, he, he's wrong about things again. Like like Harry is not breaking into his. His stores, but I feel this like he, time. he does. But but that's that's what I that's the the plot point I enjoy okay. because as you're reading along, 
I mean, I guess there's enough information there that you can put it together, but it always feels like Harry and and often the reader, i.e. me, right. um, not having read it before, thinks Snape's talking about two years ago. Oh. That's always like a fun misdirect where it's like, he's like, my office was broken into and I know that this has happened before and I think it's you. Yes. But but yeah. not that anything was necessarily taken this time. Harry's not yet putting it together that someone out there is putting is brewing Polyjuice potion. potion. Right. I, I thought that when he was trapped under the invisible cloak that Snape mentioned that some of the ingredients that make Polyjuice Potion are missing and Harry made the connection then. Oh yeah, I remember we needed that for Polyjuice Potion in the last episode, I think. Or maybe the one before that. But in that sequence when he's... Oh, in that case I might have just been not reading it well. That's okay. I, I remember that, like, that, that was something, because that, that's what he comes out for. He's like, someone's been in my office, because that's when Harry has the Marauder's Map, mm. and the Marauder's Map says that... Uh, I thought it was, uh, this has happened before, and they had taken these things, but... No, maybe, he's saying, uh, right now, Bart, someone was in my in my storeroom. Harry knows that it was Barty Crouch. Right. That confuses him. He doesn't tell anybody. He does tell, he tells, uh, he tells Barty Crouch. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, but he tells Moody... And, but while Harry's hidden, Snape and Moody have a conversation where Snape uh, reveals that someone has been taking things or at least, you know, messing around in his office. But I think he implies that they've taken stuff Mm -hmm. um, in that, in that moment. So I'm pretty sure that we know someone is, because of that scene, someone's been in his office and taking things. I feel like it might be... Knowledge of the future that might be Maybe. enriching what you've read, just because otherwise there should be a serious who's making Polyjuice Potion, what's going on mystery that nobody would be following up because, on. But because in this chapter he does the same thing where he says they took uh, something skin, blot skin? Uh, uh, boom slang. Boom, boom slang. Which is a snake, I believe. Boom slang and... Shredded boom slang. Shredded boom slang and the uh, gillyweed. Right. And... Harry, at this moment, does this... I think he does either the same thing he did in previous chapters or he's doing it for the first time now and I'm misremembering that he did it before. Mm-hmm. But he definitely does in this one where he says, that was the thing we stole when we needed to make Polyjuice Potion. And I think what you're getting at is you think that that's... that Harry's thinking about Snape referencing that old thing. Right, two years ago. Yes, as opposed to referencing... the something. Gillyweed, which he knows Dobby did. Yes, but he... But Harry's <laughs> not understanding that Snape's only talking about stuff that's happened recently, right. this year. right. And maybe you're right that I am rem- remembering the Either stuff from way. the future. Sure, 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 sure. And that's possible, but there was something that happened in chapters before mm-hmm. in that sequence on the stairs. Right. Where they have a conversation about something happening in his office, and I think it's that things are being stolen. But regardless, you're, I, I, now that I'm up to speed on what you're talking about, I agree. That's, it's really clever. Yeah. It's a fun, clever thing because if you're the reader and you don't know yet what's happening. Or you're not paying enough attention. And by the sure. time you read the second time... You're like, I, I bet you the second time a lot of people read this book, they were like, it's right there. Oh, my gosh. How brilliant. Especially when I think on the following page, because uh, Snape's threatening him with the Veritas Serum, and they're like, Harry should take a page out of Moody's book and drink only from a hip flask. Yes. She's like, wink, wink, wink. Right, right, I'm right. I'm telling you right now who yeah. it is. It's very much. Yeah. It's all there. Um, it's it's Those things are well done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. 521. 521. Serious? Serious? Buckbeak? No. Just a nitpick. Yeah, go ahead. How did how did Sirius get Buckbeak through that narrow fissure that the kids had to squeeze through to get into the cave? Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Maybe he put the maybe he moved those uh rocks into place after he got in to cover up the fact that it's an open hole that he's hiding in. Probably cover. I would guess that's, that's not what bad. he did. That's not bad. Okay, fine. Magic is 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 the answer which I should have known. So uh, that one's on me. <laughs> um, I take full responsibility for sucking. Okay, 521. Why is Sirius still wearing prison robes? It's It's been almost a year since they released him and saved him. I missed that line. Oh, no, it's... I, let's look let's at it. Let's do it. 521. 21? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to look at this. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really bothered me. Um... I'm going to read the sentence before and then read this sentence. Harry, however, was looking at the black dog, which had just turned into his godfather. 
Sirius was wearing ragged gray robes, the same ones he had been wearing when he had left Azkaban. First of all, I don't like the start of that sentence, because he wasn't looking at the black dog that had just turned into his godfather. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a black dog anymore. So I, that's problematic. Second of all, he clearly has no trouble stealing food, newspapers. Well, hold on. Let me, okay. let me get there. Okay. Let me okay. get there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Why is he still wearing these robes? He, why doesn't he have new clothes? Like I said, it's been almost a year, almost a year since they released him, in which time he's been able to successfully procure a firebolt for Harry, a pig, a.k.a. an owl, for Ron. Mm -hmm. for all of these things he acknowledges that he's purchased. He hasn't mm -hmm. stolen. Somehow he's been able to There's some find sort of a way. Green guts wire yeah, transfer. Or, or, or somehow been able to somehow get them. But he hasn't been able to figure out how to get clothes? He's got a lot of gob coin. What's that? It's gob with Bitcoin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, um, no clothes. No clothes. And, and then and then it makes me wonder, if he's if he's gone a year in the same clothes, he's got to smell really bad. And there's no mention of that. Nope. So what's going on? Like, I, I think the answer is, again, it's easier to use the visual of prison clothes to remind everyone that he's a escaped prisoner, right? He's on the lam. Then it is to say, "Oh, it looks like he bought some clothes and is maybe showered in a year." It it just feels weird. It it's feel, really it's, it's really off. Weird and weak. And does she just? I don't know. I don't either. It seems bad. It just seems like forgetful or just dumb. I mean, I don't need every character to describe every time they change their clothes no. in the book, but like. She says he wears, it's not like, it's not like she said he's wearing gray robes like the ones he wore. Right. No, she's saying though he's wearing gray robes, the robes he wore when he escaped Azkaban. Maybe. Which were already tattered and horribly Are you sure out. they're tattered? Well, they are in the movie. Well, yeah, it's the movie. But maybe Azkaban robes have special charms on them so they don't fray or fall apart. That way they only ever have to issue prisoners one set of robes. And so he's got You're super, super it. he's got super indestructible robes. Again, if that was the case, why wouldn't all clothes in the wizarding world be made out of that or charmed that way? Charms, if you can do it, aren't harder to do once you do it. Like, you, if you've learned how to do it, you would just do it to all clothes. Everyone would learn that as, a, as an early level spell. Because mm -hmm. no, like, like Hogwarts robes, boom, nobody gets their robes ruined mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. But they don't do that. Remember when Levi's came out with like those iron denim jeans? No. Oh, they wanted a pair, but they got rid of them just as quick. They were actually made with iron. Of iron? <laughs> no, they were actually like, really supposed to be really tough denim. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely understood <laughs> what you were describing in the, when, you, when you said they were tough, tough clothes. They yeah. couldn't be frayed or damaged. Right. I got that. Levi Strauss is in the Wizarding World. That's all I'm saying. Of course. But I, I think at first it was some, there was some implication that like he, I thought there was something when he bought the Firebolt, there was a description about how he did it. Like that he uh, had somebody else, like an elf or a goblin or somebody go with him to get it. I or feel go for him. I feel like there's some kind of Jason Bourne Swiss bank account number he could just put on the form because he said I, I had it, them take it from my vault. I think it might have been Hedwig. I think it just he sent the order in and there's probably a but, place on there. Okay, like, fill out this number. Whose vault could he use? His own. You don't think that they would go Sirius Black's accounts of having money taken out of it? it that had, means it had the secret routing number. No, <laughs> like, I, I don't like believe that. The little that. laser pointer that had the number on it. No, what? Are you the Bourne Identity. I don't know that. The Jason Bourne Sw Swiss Bank. I've seen it. I, just, it was, I saw it when it came out. The point is, all he it. needed was the number, and he could get his money. I don't think that that's probably how Gringotts works. I feel like it is. Gringotts is the Only kind of... Only Sirius knew that it was Sirius's vault that Sirius's money came from. The goblins just saw a number. Then how come Hagrid says, I need you-know-what from vault you-know-which? That's the movie. Doesn't count. That's... And Hagrid, what did Hagrid have? The Sorcerer's Stone. What did Hagrid have before? A he... wink and a nod? No. He had a signed letter oh. from Dumbledore, entrusting its bearer 
to the contents of the vault in question, okay, which in the book Neither had, of those people are a criminal on the lam. Neither of them are a fugitive. It doesn't everyone, matter. It, it, no, no, it, does, it really should matter. It, it, it should like matter. It's a Swiss bank account, that's what I'm saying. It's not a Swiss bank account, though. It's, it's, those, those Jason Bourne apply. was an amnesiac assassin. Who is it, not, like... It didn't matter. It does, though. In this it, world, it does. You're talking about a book, the entire length of which mm -hmm. is hunting for this character mm -hmm. and increasing stress levels. Mm -hmm. The entire world is looking for him to the point where they go out of their way to tell muggles that this guy is a danger. I, I cannot suspend my disbelief enough to believe that that world would also allow that person to do something that cops know how to do on the basic level, on the lowest level of the strata of uh, cr uh, criminal defense and like law enforcement, know how to find and track people with. That's literally how Israel Keys got caught. So, like, that's not the kind of thing... We're not talking about a credit card, though. We're talking about a traceable account with somebody's name on it. Presumably his account. We don't know that there... That's what I'm saying. Like an offshore account, like a Swiss bank account, we don't know it's traceable. We don't know that about Gringotts. I think... I'm trying to remember from the first book. Okay, I can acknowledge that I... That now I see what you're saying. Yes. But that doesn't... That can't be the way it is. We like, don't know what coded number was inside Hagrid's missive. He had a signed letter that told the goblins what vault, where, and what to let him take. So, but but even then, like, how can you how can you correspond? So you're saying you come in with just all Harry had was the number of the account and his name when he, well, he had a up key. Remember, he had Harry Harry Potter had his key. So who would go in with the key to get the money out? We. Harry needed a key. We don't know if there's another version of that, like like a, like a magical number. Or like a credit card of some kind. Sure. Still, I don't know, man. That still feels like frog DNA. <laughs> and and it, not as much as before. No, no, no. But like... I, I, I don't have a problem with the serious making the purchase. I have a problem with him wearing his year-old stank-ass clothes. I have a problem with a lot of how she handles it, and it is both of those things. But but the this one thing, I can feel like... You have a, you have a thing the just, real just, world. Just having had like a right. little bit of Bitcoin, where they're like, sure. "Do you want to just send this number to that place?" And I've made my purchase, and I'm like, "Oh, that was weird." Okay. Okay, but and that's all in done the with encrypted of data. Technology, though, sure, it makes it's it magic part... encryption. I'm sure there's magic encryption. But there's still got to be an exchange of information. There's still got to be an exchange of 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 validation of who the person is. And it, without that being explained in any part of the book, I have to imagine that it doesn't exist. The the. We've had a handful of dealings with Gringotts. Sure. None of them involve someone walking in and going, secret code. And then the goblins going, yes, the secret code. And then producing their money. It's always a big event. Like, you have to get on a trolley and go up a, a set of things to go to a place to open up your vault. There's no, like... There's no wire transferring it, apparently. I feel like there's got to be something for people we, we who don't can't make it, it to London to get their deposit. I want. I understand that. I'm saying it doesn't. It's not demonstrated. We don't know. Sirius might have like a flex spinning account. Offshoot, where he's just like uh, just just for quick liquid funds. I'm saying there are dark mysteries in the banking world, and we don't we can't fathom them all. Considering the potential and practice and observable overreach of the Ministry of Magic, right. I'd say it wouldn't be beyond them to liquidate a criminal's account as soon as he gets sent to Hog to ask him. Unless the accounts are hidden. Well, proof against proofed against that because they're run by goblins. I and guess there's like a separation of ministry. They have, of, they have no authority over like, the kind goblins. Kind of like ministry and and Hogwarts, so the ministry can't really interfere in Hogwarts, or if they're going to, it's a multi multi step process to get that kind of clout, and they might not have had the time or resources to do that with Gringotts. I'm sure they want to. I'm sure they're very annoyed that they don't have their fingers in the running of Gringotts. Uh, I mean, until I see something in the book yeah. that explains how Sirius gets his money, mm -hmm. I'm going to think it's bad writing. Okay. Cause well, it's, it's certainly bad writing he's wearing those robes. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> is, especially considering that he seems to have access to enough funds to buy a fucking firebolt, but somehow doesn't buy food <laughs> and clothes right. for a year. Right. It just, it's just dumb. I... If you're if you're listening to this podcast and you really like Harry Potter, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm I'm just it just it's just so dumb. <laughs> uh, that's all I have in this chapter. Um, that's great though, because right? I, I I I was I was saying this is very much to me a let's recap all the salient points uh, in this 800 page mystery so people don't forget 
by the end of the book kind of chapter. It's just kind of like a little, everybody remember everything? All the things that are up in the air? Okay, now we can continue. Right. Remember the Jorkins is mentioned again. A couple times. In, a couple in times. Serious mentions that she has, they have relations or they have had friendship in the past or, you know. He knew her. Yes, relations. Not like that. I mean, they... I don't know. I don't know. I didn't make a face. He made a face. <laughs> um, the, uh... But anyway, do you have anything else in that chapter? No? Um... It was <laughs> just, hey, kids, remember Bertha Jorkins? Well, just keep remembering her. Right. Just Love keep... Just, <laughs> before yeah, before I like got that. more info yeah. on her in the next chapter. But yeah, it was just... Just those touch and goes. Yeah. Okay. It's... Yeah. That is all I've got for... Remember that she died Padfoot in the beginning returns. of the book. Well, let's move on to chapter 28. Pad, Padfoot forever. No. And then Padfoot and Robin? No. Padfoot begins. No, we were in the original. The original? Padfoot. Padfoot returns. I mean, Padfoot the, forever. The, the movie would be the original. <sighs> Fine. Padfoot and then Padfoot. And then Padfoot returns. And then Padfoot and forever. Padfoot and forever? <laughs> <laughs> that was almost as bad as chapter 11 chapter 11 bankruptcy I didn't even write it down that's just off the top of the dome that's, I'm, I'm how that I, that's what happened to me oh, really I thought you had yeah. written no oh. it was just a spontaneous crash and burn was that this, was that this season no nope. okay. I don't think was so was that season 1 I think it was season 2 okay for shame because I remember in, in book three, I remember thinking, should I do it again? <laughs> should I do it again and and just just burn more? <laughs> I just remember how, how how you looked at me so eager, so excited. Like, ah, I was, and I'm like, I was enthusiastic. To get here. It's true. Uh, it took me way too long to get it. <laughs> and that's my fault. It is. It is. I it know. It's your fault. I know. It's not my fault. Chapter 28. Bankruptcy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Bang. Corruptcy. <laughs> The Madness of Mr. Crouch. I have page 543. Okay. Do you, do you have not a page note? I know you said no, you I have one page note. It's 545. I'm sure you'll have touched nope, on it as we, well. I won't. I haven't. I'm just going to touch this one really quick and then we can move on to yours. Yeah. Page 543. We're introduced to Nifflers like from that other movie. Woo, we got them. Cool. Yeah, but this is the, this is the Nifflers begin. Yeah, so cool. And the Nifflers Sorry, rise. They were just, Nifflers were really cute, but also really obnoxious in that movie. They were kind of obnoxious. And I'm glad they weren't in the other movies, because I'm glad they saved them, and I'm glad to know that they weren't just a just a creation for that other movie. Sure, sure. But uh, I just felt like it's worth acknowledging, hey, kids who prob- you know, here's the thing, some kids' first Harry Potter movie will be Fantastic Beasts. That's true. That's absolutely true. And if they read the books, here you go, Nifflers, they exist. So your is the your point's the next one. Uh, five forty-five. I do not have a note on this, so this is all you. Leprechaun gold payoff, and yes. then I was like, pun not intended. Yes. But yeah, we finally get to come back to that thing you mentioned in the first or second episode. Something like that, but just way back when you're like, that's a weird thing for for Ron to make a point of. Yes. Yeah. But now we know why he did it. It's still right. weird. It was still it's... a very, it was a reach for this whole little it... mini arc. Like, why do we have to have it other than Ron hates being poor? See, it's funny that you say that because that's – it's funny that you say it because it's, it sounds like it's coming from the perspective of someone who is a Harry Potter apologist. Because to me, it sounds like it's written like someone who forgot that they gave a whole bunch of gold to all their characters. Like, okay, if you're talking about this like from a perspective of a dungeon master. Right. If you give your party gold, you better fucking keep track of it because mm-hmm. they will abuse it. Right. So if you give your main characters pockets full and pockets full of gold galleons, yeah. and then you forget about it sure. for 400 pages, <laughs> right? and then someone reminds you that you've forgotten about it, you might shoehorn in a sequence where you write in, hey, I didn't forget. It disappeared. It vanished. It just, it, that's how it worked because it's Leprechaun Gold. I'm going to say no. Okay. Because this is only the first Leprechaun Gold payoff in this book. There's okay. another big one that this is really a footnote that ties to. ties into? Okay. Um, I will say, based on all of your points, it is more like kind of bad writing. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know that Ron didn't give Harry all of the gold he got. He was quite happy with all of that. 
How did Ron not notice? He's he, blaming Harry for not noticing. He's like, it must be nice having so much money you don't notice when a whole bunch. Ron, where's your leprechaun gold? Why didn't you notice? And everyone else at the right. event. And is this the first time everyone in the wizarding Every, world was right. exposed to leprechaun gold? Because Goyle. Yes. Well, huh? Yeah, it's, it's bad writing. <laughs> it's just bad writing. Because, like, everyone at the World Cup is... Leprechauns are there. Right. They're drunk walking through the streets afterwards because right. they're super happy because right. Ireland won. They're part of the show. Everyone acknowledges that they exist and they're there. Mm-hmm. Yet, so so no one is like, oh my god, a leprechaun, I've never seen one. No one says that. Right. So it doesn't, there's nothing in there that gives you the implication that you're, you or the characters are supposed to be. Unknowledgeable about yeah, leprechauns. Or unknowledgeable leprechauns, or they're, they're being exposed for the first time, except for Harry, maybe Hermione. Sure. So all of that isn't there. And then suddenly, no one except Hagrid understands how leprechaun money works. Right. Like, like Ron's dad doesn't say, dude, leave him alone. It's fake. It's fake. Right. It's, it's, it's pretend money. You'll be really excited for it right now. Here's another question. So you get some leprechaun gold. During the four hours or whatever he said that it's like useful, you go and you buy something with all that gold. Then what happens? So you get a, you get a good. You get an object, yeah. right? You get a firebolt. Right. Because you gave this guy all this gold. Right. He doesn't know it's leprechaun gold. I would, I w- I would bet that uh, proprietors of shops have uh, leprechaun gold detectors. <laughs> you're doing that thing, though. <laughs> you're doing this thing where you're like, no... They must know. <laughs> they they got to know. It's it's interesting. Yeah. It's I'm glad that this podcast has someone people from both perspectives. <laughs> One person who's like, "No, there's got to be a good explanation." And the other person who's like, "No, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is someone completely dropping the ball here." It's good. It's it's a variety. We're not see in that way we're not just roasting these books. Nope. Um lightly braising them. Yeah, but I I I I, I noted that when I was reading it, but I was like I don't really have anything to say about this, so I'm right. glad you brought it up. Because um, I did have something to say about it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, and that's your only note for the chapter, right? That's, that's right, it. So I'm just going to go through here. Page 548. Another gripe. Sorry, listeners, if you like Harry Potter and you're listening to this episode. The gloves are coming off. It's another moment where I just realized how tired I'm getting of J.K. snidely insulting her readers with comments like, the one Hermione makes about electronics and technology not working in Hogwarts. She does it in this way where she writes it like, every time she writes something like this, it comes through as very clearly like, she, JK, the writer, is irritated about having to explain her world. Things like, of course Hogwarts isn't the only wizarding school. Right. Only an idiot would think that. You think she's getting Potter fatigue halfway through the series? I think she got it way earlier. Yeah. But it, it comes through a lot in this book. Like, where... She gets somehow she gets a note from like an editor or something that says, You need to fucking explain some of these things because you haven't done it yet. So, what you're saying is, JK Rowling is essentially announcing to her readership, I feel I've been very clear about this. Yeah, I feel like she's indignantly, uh, scornfully doing the decent thing, right. which is explaining her fucking story. Oh my God, you want me to show the work? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to, I, no, not even that. I just want to see the world you're building. Right. I don't want to have to look at it and go, oh, finally you've explained why they don't have TVs in this in this world. I can see that from your perspective, it's all very clear. Right. But your job here is to communicate that to your audience. And you haven't done that. And it's it's a little shitty, I'll say, to when you actually explain to your audience, mm-hmm. to be so like mean about it. And not, not every reader is going to be... A literary paleontologist where we take a little bone and go, right. it's a Tyrannosaurus. Right, exactly. Right. Or, or like read the supplemental materials or read every like interview. fucking interview you yeah. do and where you're like, oh no, obviously this. Of course, someone asks the question and you answer it. That's not how this works. Like, you, you got to put it in the in the text. You got to put it in text. It's very simple. Uh, and it, 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 there's more than th- just those two instances. Mm-hmm. I, there's another one that we talked about. Well, there was, there was like, because um, it's mentioned Harry's still wearing his watch even though it doesn't work. No, that's different. that doesn't work. That no, that, that doesn't work because he got it wet in the lake. It oh, worked before because oh, right, right, right. it's clockwork. Clockwork right, things right, still right, function. Right, right. I forgot about but it. But electrical things don't. In the lake. Why else is he still wearing it? Because he's dumb. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> he kind of says that. <laughs> he he he. Okay. He's still wearing it so that he can bury it so the Niffler can find it. 
or he can put it in his pocket. I think he puts yeah, it in, he puts his, it in pocket. his pocket. So he does it so he can put it in his pocket. Maybe it comes back and pays off somehow later. But he puts it in his pocket. I guess. But yeah, they're definitely talking about like bugging devices. Yes. And then she goes as again, as if Harry has never occurred to himself that they don't have electricity here or anything. Right. And he goes, Oh Harry gapes and realizes that for three, four years, he hasn't figured out that there's no electricity at Hogwarts. As opposed to probably all the readers going, I don't understand. Why don't they have electricity? And then her answer is, shut up. <laughs> shut up. God, they don't have it because it doesn't work there. God, you fucking enjoy the Wizard Boy book. Stop Give asking. Me money. Stop thinking and pay me. I'm making feature films for you pigs. <laughs> and then you know what? We're going to open up a real world to scale Hogwarts fucking th- theme park and you're going to go. You're going to buy my filthy butter beer, you pig. <laughs> That's how it feels like she thinks of everyone. I, I just, I don't think I'm she's... I'm going to buy her filthy butter beer. You are. I mean, I would. <laughs> I'm just saying, it just... It, uh, I am obviously jaded and cynical and mm-hmm. skewed, but... Someone else has got to have thought these things, like about these books, and seen how they come through. Because to me, they come through as like from a person who just is almost resentful of her success. It feels like that, just in like when she it's because it comes through in these moments where she has to go through and explain the tedious world building things that she doesn't actually enjoy writing about. Mm-hmm. Chamber pots, you know, like like these are things she doesn't actually like writing or talking about I think probably because she knows she gets caught up in them and she gets called on them and so when she actually has to like put one down on the page it it's probably a reminder of her weaknesses as a writer I feel weird saying that Mm -hmm. like but that's how it comes off anyway I'm done with that one but that one again it bothered me a lot Uh, page 550 oh oh this is another one okay this is a good one you'll like this one okay page 550 I'm gonna read the quote from the book what have they done to it, Cedric said, indignantly, stopping dead. Oh, more foreshadowing. More foreshadowing, but very specifically more foreshadowing, just like in the first chapter mm-hmm. when Voldemort tells Peter Pettigrew that some people would give their left arm right. to do what he's doing for Voldemort. So again, it's like the kind of, for lack of a better term, especially when referring to Voldemort very on the nose, about what you know they uh, like her style of foreshadowing is like it's like being hit by an invisible hammer (laughs) it's like you don't realize that it just happened but on but when you like go back to look at like where you have that pain in your temple right you realize you've been hit by a hammer (laughs) like like oh well that was really that was really obvious there wasn't it nobody nobody says stop dead (laughs) You could say stop dead in your tracks. I've heard that. Okay. I've heard I've heard, I've heard stopped in your tracks. I've heard stop dead in your tracks. Stopped dead is a real specific variation of that that I've never heard or read. Mm-hmm. Yet here it is. So I also have the burden of foreknowledge, but it stuck out. You're like the Robert Langdon of Harry Potter. Who's Robert Langdon? The, if, I, if I admit to knowing, then I will admit that I know. So I don't know. It's just... Who's Robert Langdon? Names that came out of my mind. That's a specific name. Who was Robert Langdon? He's the, he's the Da Vinci Code character. That's right. That is who that is. I forgot that. The, he's Tom Hanks with the bad hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, last one for me. Page 554. And this happens twice later. This happens again later in the chapter, but this specific note... Uh, Crumb asks if Crouch is with your ministry to Harry. And then and then uh, Kakarov, is that his name? Kakarov. Yeah, he he says the same thing to, I think, Dumbledore about your ministry. So it makes me, brings to mind the question of, so is the, is the UK Ministry of Magic not the Ministry of Magic for the whole fucking planet? Oh, no. Oh, see, I, this isn't explained. Well, okay. Um... There's some point in this chapter, I almost wrote it down. I think it was Crouch rambling, talking about the Andoran Minister of Magic. Like, take a note for the Andoran Minister of Magic. 
Yeah, but again, in this same Dora chapter, not is. in book four. Right. We get a little um, bit of description about. Have we not mentioned other people? Yeah, because because well, I mean, there's the Makusa in the United States instead of the Ministry of Magic. You saw you saw no because you saw the the Fantastic Beasts. He has to deal with the Makusa. The movie that came out after all of the books were written. Still, should have planted the seed for other governing bodies of magic. But through the lens of someone who's reading this book through the first time without all that knowledge, it sounds like we're stepping stepping up to another point where she indignantly explains to her reader. This is the book where it's become worldly. And yeah. apparently she has to spell this out for people who don't get it. Despite having written <laughs> 700 pages, she feels like it's beneath her to explain the functions of the plan, like or of the of the of the world. Right. But she just couldn't find space in there. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> she did. She and this found whole, a, this found whole a line thing. for you. Yeah, a spiteful line. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is there nowhere else? What are they talking about? Because what the? Okay, imagine nope. this. Okay. You have a book series yep. featuring a boy wizard. Yep. Who is entering a world of magic and wonder, yeah. and who is completely unaware of all the the workings of that world? The kind of character who would be curious about how how all these things work, right. probably voraciously curious, desperate even because he's for for the majority of each of his years in these stories, he lives in this world. Right? How are they just getting these questions now? How by year four are they just getting around to? Oh, yeah, there's a bigger world out there besides Hogwarts. Because book one would have been 3,000 pages if she did all the... I don't need it to be that much. I okay. just need a, I need a little bit more. I, I don't even need a little bit more. I'm fine with it coming through here Yeah. if it had been at all peppered at anywhere in the other stuff. If 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 Crouch mm-hmm. or Dumbledore right. in any of the previous books had made any sort of mention, anything, literally anything, anyone mm-hmm. making any note about... Perfect way. Uh, Hagrid references monsters or some sort of creatures from somewhere else. And then he says, oh, you're lucky you're not going to school in Durmstrung because right. those guys have to deal with this. And then Harry goes, what's Durmstrung? He goes, oh, it's, it's, it's another magic school. That isn't 16 pages. That's, that's true. That's very brief to the point could fit into any one of his classes or interactions with Harry. That's true. Uh, especially when it comes to things like, I have a baby dragon. Sure. But there's With the nonchalance just, of... With the nonchalance of Hagrid borrowing the bike from Sirius, yes, that shot could that have been everywhere else. That you're right. Yes. That's very true. And and it's it's things like that, like with the other schools, with there being other governmental ministries of magic or whatever those shits. They could be literally called anything else. We don't know. Right. Um. But it's just it's just frustrating because the, the frustrating part isn't that it's being revealed. The frustrating part is that it, I can taste her venom in explaining it, and it is so pungent it is tough to read how, how it comes through like it isn't the part of the story she wants to tell but someone or something is pushing her to tell it it's probably fame it's probably getting too big to be a lax writer mm-hmm. and getting people who are coming up to you at book signings and asking you lots of very particular questions about very particular annoying things and having to do thousands of those oh and just losing your fucking mind over oh, it. I so that. when you write it in your book, you fucking scold those little shits who waste all your fucking time and give you all their money. Mm-hmm. But that last part is kind of important, so maybe be a little nicer about it. She doesn't need to. She, no, exactly, because that's how capitalism works. <laughs> Uh, that was it with your That's notes. That's all I have. <laughs> we didn't, uh, I didn't write anything down about it because I thought you might have had more thoughts on it. So the house elves mm-hmm. in these two chapters. Being similarly upset about. It just, it, it, it seemed like it, it showed another side of them. Showed well, them getting a little darker. Yeah. With their, we're sick of hearing this shit. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And that was interesting to me. It is interesting, but it, again, it's, 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 just, it's. It's hard to keep talking about. <laughs> That's true. Because it's not changing for the better. It's continually pushing forward this weird narrative about how these slaves should be are are not should be but are protective of being slaves. Mm-hmm. That is that is hard to really swallow. complex. It's com- and hard to write about. It's, I would think. Yeah, but but why would you choose to? And that's the part I can't understand. I don't understand what she's doing with this part of the story. And right. I don't understand why it's here. I, I just, it, it just, it, it boggles my mind why she 
is putting this stuff in this in this book series. Right. There's no I have I I I I'm sure I've asked you this already many times before in the podcast, but I'm guessing this doesn't have a enjoyable payoff or some sort of big, oh, the house elves. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. And no. that so no I, I don't believe so as far as I'm remembering. Right. No. We'll get there, but like I'm I'm operating under the assumption well, that it never pays off. Well, if there is the end of the off. book, yes. or the end of the seventh book. Yes. Yes. I I don't I feel there's one possible event that could be considered a result of all this house elf. Oh, okay. Attention paying, but it's certainly not a payoff. Do you have a memory of where that comes in? Oh, yeah. No, Wait, I know exactly where it comes in. Which book is it? Seventh book. Very end. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay. And so, again, it's it has nothing really to do with the house elves. Okay. So... Sweet. I can't yeah. wait. Because <laughs> then it'll be gone. It'll be in the past. You mean the whole series? Yeah. Um... <laughs> um... I really do enjoy doing this podcast. Okay, <laughs> I want to okay, make okay, that very clear. Okay. I really do enjoy like doing this, and I enjoy reading the books. But it is, <laughs> I can't, I can't ignore these things. I, w- I mean, and I, I don't know. At this point, we're in season four. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like just now coming to the realization that we're not going to be like overly like enthralled with the book, then I am not going to do what J.K. would do and criticize your intelligence. <laughs> But I am going to say, this is me formally acknowledging that we are going to be critical <laughs> and analytical about these stories. Thank you for letting me explain that to you. Yeah, See, it's a, not that hard, JK. Yeah, a little bit of bitterness in it your was, voice. It was, yeah. but it was mostly because I you am imagining. say it again. But, but the difference is I'm imagining a person I have, like, that I would have to deal with and be frustrated with me. Like, she's definitely dealt with them. So she gets the upper hand there. <laughs> Um, the Bagwin stuff. You want to talk about uh, or you know the the uh, the Crouch stuff, the madness of Crouch. We want to oh, yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So I'm con. I, and this is probably good for me because I actually don't remember how this happens in the movie, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be different in the book, where something is happening to Crouch. Someone's doing something to him, and a part of me wonders if it sounds like my guess is he's being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. He's been kidnapped by either Voldemort and his gang, or by his son. Mm-hmm. And being held captive somewhere, a la the way Alistair is actually being um, held. Right. And that sounds. Uh, I feel like in the movie, didn't he kind of just? He's always there. He doesn't get sick and do this at all in the movie. He sees. But didn't doesn't he just eventually fade out, or does he have an yes. end? I think he 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 vanishes right. because he sees the signs in. He sees the tongue licking. Fucking tongue. In Moody, and he he just sort of gets like a spooked look and he like sort of uh ninja vanishes right. and then uh, he comes back later i think at the third event uh, i don't remember i can't remember he comes back he comes back at the end to confront his son uh does cause, he yeah because the scene or yeah because david Tennant yells at his father he calls him father. oh no that's a, that's in a flashback we haven't actually got to that flashback in the book yet. That's but what happens. But I'm yeah, I know. But there's there's something that happens at the end too, isn't there? I don't, I don't remember. No, I don't remember. No. They're, they're, what I'm saying is the movie might have a a line of dialogue that describes mm. where he might be. Well, check out our inevitable Goblet of Fire commentary where Oof. we will be seeing this moment in the film and going, oh, you know, there it is. That's the thing we didn't remember. That'll be available on Patreon in the future. <laughs> Unless it is the future, in which case it's available now. <laughs> Depending on when you're listening. Yes. Because that's how recordings work. <laughs> <laughs> um, like J.K. Rowling explaining technology. Do you want to talk about Hagrid having a bias against foreigners? I do do you think he does, or do you think he's just so mad he's searching for anything he can he can he can to claim? Maybe it's that. I would be okay with it being that, but it certainly comes off like he forgets how much of a world traveler and a nice guy he is in this moment. It certainly seems like he forgets how many of his monsters he that he loves he gets from random people sure. who are foreign, and how much how grateful he is for that. Uh, certainly seems like it's a weird thing for this character who has a history of at least 
twice getting fantastic creatures from foreign men to only his delight mm-hmm. to suddenly be like, I hate foreigners. You can't trust a one of them. Build a wall around ha- Hogwarts. <laughs> it's a little bit wall building. It's really weird. They're coming to take our trophies. <laughs> <laughs> our prestige. Yeah, because that's what he says. He's trying to, like, he won't talk to um, Madame no, uh, he's giving her the Maxine anymore shoulder. because she's trying to get information from him. And he just, he's just off, off of his, the fucking wall. I feel like at this point, she's honestly feels bad and wants to reconnect. Maybe. And he's just like. But he's a wounded dog yep. now. I, and it's, I'm hoping it's just like Hagrid having a, a weak moment of being suspicious because he's been betrayed. He's been betrayed by her. Yeah. And then Karkaroff comes in and spits at Dumbledore, and that's just like, no. Right, right. But, yeah, he's a... Uh, he he's, says he's some definitely having things. A, he's, he's having a weak moment. But but the weak moment he has is, like, very xenophobic. Very much. For a half-giant. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, anyway. Maybe try some compassion, Hagrid. He has plenty of it, and that's what's so sad. Except towards fat children and the foreign. <laughs> the foreign. <laughs> uh, did you want to talk about Ludo Baggerman? What's going on there? I mean, oh, with his with his over with interest his, in helping. Yeah, is he a Death Eater? I don't know. That's what I kind of worry about. I mean, he's a character completely written out of the movie. Oh, really? He's not in the movie at all. Hmm. Seems like he could be a Death Eater. Because even even uh, what was it? Fudge is the one announcing at the at the Quidditch World Cup mm-hmm. instead of uh, Ludo. So. Think Death Eater, huh? He was caught with him. It's possible. It's either that. Here's the other thing I'm not entirely ruling out, which, mm. again, this is one of the few moments in the series where I actually don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Like, I don't have the foreknowledge of this stuff. So this is this is kind of, I think, what you've been wanting for four fucking seasons um, is for me <laughs> to, 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 watch, to watch me speculate on something I don't know about. <laughs> so my speculation is either that he's a Death Eater uh-huh. and he's been sort of quietly and helpfully orchestrating all these these things that happened since the World Cup. Or he is actually also uh, Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> Which obviously he's not. But like my thought is I wonder if... Uh, when someone has Polyjuice Potion, right. it takes a bit of time and effort to make. Yeah. But once you're making it, you could probably make batches that yeah. are of different people. No, so, absolutely. So why couldn't the one person who is pretending to be another person with Polyjuice Potion also at other times pretend to be a totally different person. There's not really many instances where those two characters would have to be together. So it could very easily be that in times when he is necessary to be around, he's also impersonating that guy. That's interesting. Um, it's probably not true because, you know. Because of my reaction. Because <laughs> your reaction. Because I suck at poker face. Yes, um, but it occurs to me that, that that could be a thing that someone could do if. No, it's a, that's a that would be a very interesting story. I feel like it would have to be a little more deftly executed. Well, I'm sure there's like an opening banquet or something where Moody and Bagman have been. Well, the in other the thing same is room. that because of Bagman's position, he doesn't have quite as much agency as uh, true as uh, Mad Eye does. But it's a good point that he would be able but, to on the sly give Harry help, right? Where it might be suspicious coming from Moody or exactly um, or out of character, right? But even then, he doesn't have to necessarily have Ludo Bagman captive mm-hmm. to impersonate him in, in different instances. And Ludo Bagman doesn't even have to be missing for him to be impersonated. Right. He can just be in two different places at the same time where one of them isn't him. Right. Uh, and that could happen. But it would be much more likely, for example, for someone like Hagrid to be impersonated. Mm. Because he has similar agency to what Moody has. Except he's half giant and apologies only is for human transformations. Oh, is it? Remember the cat? She transforms, though. Yeah, but it, it fucked her up, and she stayed that way until she oh. had to go to the hospital wing for, like, weeks. I am very certain that there is quite a few members of a sexual deviant subculture who really enjoyed that sequence in the film. I'm not... Oh, in the f- she was, like, 12. I'm not talking about the age, Rob. I'm talking about the furries. Yeah. She's still 12. She's still a cat. <laughs> she should have gone for cat years. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> wow. So that was death. Reaction. That wasn't the part of it that I was focused on focusing on being gross because that part's so obvious. <laughs> the age is the obviously gross part. It's the cat part that might not occur to most people as being fetishized. It's obvious. That's the obvious part to you. Is yeah. the, the cat fetish part. Yeah. 
weird. <laughs> well, without sounding too <laughs> ominous, this podcast is over. <laughs> In that I just don't have anything else to talk no, about. I think no, this, I killed everything. Chapter. Oh, uh, I want to say, I do want to say, uh, the what about that juice that burns her, uh, Hermione's fingers? Bubo tuber pus, undiluted right. bubo tuber pus, which I feel like. Go ahead. Do you want to talk about in this in this instance the idea of J.K. writing about uh, getting hate mail? Because that's what I feel like this is about. I feel like this oh, is a good an, point. an expression yeah. of what it must of her like writing about how frustrating it is to get all this garbage and people being so hateful about something they're not a part of. Kind of like what we're doing, but except without attacking her, like, sure. physically. We're not sending it to her. No. Um, but, like, and we're not doing it because she's upset us. We're, you know, I, I am specifically just reacting to these books. Right. Uh, I would be doing it in silence if I wasn't recording it. <laughs> the same results would happen if I was doing this by myself, except right. I might have stopped. <laughs> the, uh, Book uh, down, problem solved. Yeah. Um, but the, but it occurs to me that this is what, that's probably what it is, is it's like, there's a lot in this book. This book kind of feels like the book where her fame got to her. Mm -hmm. Like you have Rita Skeeter, the evil journalist you have, who's writing about her essentially mm -hmm. in, is, uh, you know, scandalously and erroneously. Then you have the fans essentially who are mean to her and constantly asking questions and bothering her in these Supporting ways. Supporting Harry and turning on a dime and hitting yes. him. Yep. Yes. Um, it definitely feels like she is on a surface level writing this, like very much like allowing her personal experiences through these books to bleed through. I could do that. Um, and I guess, I would guess by book four, it would probably have started. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is the one where people got rabid. Yeah. And then. She took a long time to write five. Maybe just to step away from it. Maybe. To uh, take some of that personal stuff back out of five. Yeah. You think so? Um, I, I don't I'm know. I'm interested to read it through that lens Yeah, because I, I don't um, remember. Because that one definitely has more of a, we have the whole ministry coming in and becoming kind of oh, yeah, yeah, that's red tapey right, totalitarian, right. but right. not uh, not the, I, I know, we'll have to see if it, if it feels as personal or if, or if it's back to a story. Yeah. This feels very, very, very. Because it was personal. a book a year, which means you know it was like what, like three hundred pages, four hundred pages, four hundred and seventy pages, seven hundred. She had to have been like, Bleh. yeah. Well, any, anyway, it's it's a uh, it's very interesting to notice that to me that this is feels like there's these very personal expressions of frustration. Again, al like I said earlier, almost like resentful of success. Mm -hmm. Coming out in this book, that's that's really interesting to read. But I think that's my last real note for this uh... episode. Yeah, episode—that's the word. Yep. Do you have anything else? I don't. All right. Well, uh, we don't have anything else. So uh, uh, that was Death Readers. Uh, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thanks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. These reviews might seem silly, but they actually help us out a lot. Check us out on Twitter, at RealDeathReader. If you want more Death Readers content, there's more available by joining Death Readers Patreon at www.patreon.com slash deathreaders. If you hate us and want to tell us how terrible we are, please send all hate mail comments to our Reddit account, u slash deathreaders. <laughs>